I'm not going to scream. I can't do it. That was terrible. <laughs> was it what great? was that? <laughs> I don't even know, Scott. We're off to a good start. Yes, we are. Good morning, everyone, if you are listening in the morning, or good day. There Anytime. we go. That's better. I'm here with Evan Samanko. Hello. Or Samanko. Samanko. Yes, yeah, son of Pam and Dean. Absolutely. That is true. <laughs> Brother of Aaron and, and the other one, Emily. Emily. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That is my family. We go through the whole family tree. Yeah. <laughs> Husband of Mallory. Yeah, there we go. It's like it's like Viking or something. son. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Backstage with Simple Church. You've been on here before. I have twice. With your wife. Twice, really? That's right. We did the top. Oh, that's right. Recently. Table tech, yes. But I brought you back today because not only are you a totter, is that it right? A totter? Table of ticker? Yeah, that would yeah, work. Yeah, totter. Um, you also now are hosting the Parent Podcast. Yeah, we're trying to figure it out and go forward. Christy Aguiar started it, and we'll kind of tag team and see what's up, but I'm happy to fill in right now, and I'm a big fan of podcasts. I've really enjoyed podcasts. I've been listening to podcasts since 2006, Scott. I wow. talked about this the other day with Mallory. So back in the day, I had to go and plug in my iPod Classic, the white iPod, to my computer. Oh, yeah, with a little... Because it didn't yeah. have internet. And sync on dial-up, I would have to plug in my laptop, download a podcast into iTunes, put it onto my iPod Classic to listen driving to go to college at LSUS. Wow. It's a different time. Wow, I can't. I didn't know they were that old. Yeah, 2005 they launched, and 2006 Relevant Magazine started one, so I got the magazine, and they're like, hey, try this new podcast thing. I was like, that's really cool. So I listened, and I've been in love ever since. Mm, and now in 2020? Yes, still. <laughs> my <somehow>. mind is <laughs> not working. I think this is the 18th month of 2020. <laughs> What is up with me today? Anyway, and here you are now, you're doing one. That's right. Actually, yes. fun fact, I did make a podcast in 2016. About? Father and Son Baseball. I talked my dad into doing a fantasy baseball <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we did it for about two months, and then he lost his job and moved, and we just stopped oh, doing it. You should bring it back. I should. I think we did like six episodes. Yeah, I think you can do, you can do remote. Can you do remote? Oh, yeah, you can. It's just a little more complicated, and yeah. he wasn't up for it. Oh. Poor mm -hmm. Dean. But we were podcasters there for a little bit. Oh, that's He nice. had a joke of the day. He would do a joke at the end of each podcast. Yeah. He has great dad jokes. He does. Yes. But anyway, tell me more about the parenting podcast. Yeah, so it's called Parent Stuff. It launched in August with the family experience. So the idea is that while we can't have children's ministry where there's not child care on Sunday mornings, there would be resources available for families to listen to during the week. There's 168 hours in a week. So besides the one hour you would spend at church on a normal Sunday, what would you do with the other 167? So trying to create stuff for that, Christy and her team have done an incredible job making the FX website, putting the resources on there, the box that you can pick up once a month for free, which is pretty awesome. It's a pretty good bit of stuff in there for free. All you got to do is show up and pick it up. So all those things is to help families and make it to where you're not outsourcing parenting. You're not dropping your kid off and say, here, fix my kid and make it church and you do this. But instead, asking parents and grandparents, whoever, to go and put those resources in their hand to have those conversations for the parents to maybe even learn stuff with the kids together and have an experience to do that. So that was what that was launched out of. So the podcast is once a week. It's about 30 minutes, and it's just talking to parents and other people. Sometimes it's uh, like Perry Reed, who's not a parent necessarily. She's a step-parent, but is a counselor that hasn't 
necessarily raised our own kids, but is trying to help other families be able to do that. And so that's just one example of some different conversations we've had of ways to survive the holidays, how to interact with stepkids, how to um, be a working mom. Brittany Spivey was on a couple weeks ago and talking about running Simply Chic Boutique. She has five stores. She's full-time while her husband, Paul, also works for full-time, and now they're trying to raise kids together, and stuff gets complicated. So it's the best parenting advice. It's things they've done, maybe not necessarily as well. They wish they could have changed, and the hope is that it would help families and parents to be able to learn from other people and to be able to go farther, faster, better as a family and maybe avoid some of the mistakes that we could help. Right, because I think this year more than ever is an opportunity for really for parents to be more involved. Yeah. Because they kind of have to be. You're forced to be. Right. So now you really are looking for things to do. I myself am not a parent. of. I'm a pet parent, which they have not a lot of teaching there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I would think, I would imagine that this year, yeah, it's especially difficult because you do have to find things to keep them entertained and to try to teach because this is, this is, as Justin would say, unprecedented. Mm, that's mm. right. I remember in March and April, we were working remotely. We were home. So all of a sudden there, you're there all the time and you got to find things to do and you want to be productive. You want to help them. You want to do stuff. But at the same time, it's exhausting <laughs> and you don't want to go and do it all the yeah. time. And you just need a break and find different ways to balance that. We were taking a walk every day, sometimes twice a day, just to get out of the house and do something because you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't do anything. And I think a lot of parents are fatigued. They're tired. They're stressed and they're trying to figure that out. And my hope would be that as a church, we can walk alongside them and we can give you something that the kids look forward to with the FX box. When you pick up that box, there's four lessons. So you do it once a week. It takes maybe 30 minutes, probably closer to 15 if you're just kind of, the kids are a little bit older and it's something that you can do together as a family. It's already all pre-made for you. It's already in the box and you just sit down and read through it together. And it's a really, really cool thing. We've enjoyed doing it with our kids. Eliza's too, not really the target demographic. She doesn't get it. She just tags along. But Nora, who's five, really does sit down and enjoy it. We put our Bible verse up and we talk about it during the week. It gives you a little magnet or a sticker. And it's a it's something to do and to help have those spiritual conversations that, if we're honest, probably don't come up a lot, right? Like if you're sitting around during the house in the week, most of the time you're probably just not going to naturally transition into spiritual stuff. You're going to calendar plan. You're going to take them to activities. You're going to watch TV. You're going to do stuff. But sometimes it's like, when do we talk about God or when do we have this thing? It's not just a natural thing in the week, whereas this makes it something that's a habit. It's something that you can do as a family. And, again, we hope it's fun and it's something you look forward to. Well, yeah, because I— I mean, I, I myself, you know, once again, living alone. <laughs> this just makes, me, <laughs> makes me sound sadder we have and sadder. A sad sound effect. I'm really, <laughs> really, I'm not that sad, I promise. Because honestly, you know, in this time, I've kind of been a little thankful to be single and alone because parents out there, I can't imagine what it's like being stuck. There's good days house. and bad days. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no one is going to say it's all sunshine and rainbows for sure because no. it's difficult. It's hard. I mean, it's just unprecedented is a good word. Yeah, yeah. Cause, and especially with those in school because you have a week on and a week off or this day's on, this day's off, you know, and all that stuff. It's so complicated. So, yeah, I can imagine that the spiritual conversation isn't happening a whole lot. And we're forced now to do it in the home. I mean, even other churches that are meeting – there's still not a lot of churches that are offering child care, and the ones that are, it's very complicated. And then there's also churches that have been shut down because of COVID. They're coming back, and now as we go further and further, you know, that today, every day, a new record is set, so it's only going to get worse, and, and it's, it, you know, there's a pretty good chance we're going to be forced back into 
maybe not a full quarantine, but definitely reduced numbers. And, you know, this is really an opportunity for the parents to be the teachers instead of the Sunday school teacher, which I think, you know, I think about me growing up, I learned a heck of a lot more from my mom Mm. than I ever learned. But of course, then again, I was, I was special. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, just because my mother is an extremely spiritual person and she, you know, has all the Beth Moore Bible studies and all that stuff. and it's hardcore then, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's deep, which is which is great, and that has helped. You know, that was in my spiritual upbringing. But I think it's cool, too, because I think there's a lot of parents that aren't that deep, and this helps them kind of learn, like you said, along with them. Right. Yeah. And it's not to judge or say anybody's bad, because, no, again, no, you're no, busy, no. it's life, yeah. and just stuff happens. And we're so thankful that families that maybe don't have a church background or parents that didn't grow up in church or come into simple church and they want something more for their kids now. And so we can put the resource in their hand. We can put it on the website. You can get it on your phone at any time you get the box. And I'm very thankful. I had the same upbringing. I had great parents that actually they really did not become committed Christians until I was in probably second grade. And then everything switched. We were at church all the time. We were in everything. My mom did all the Bible studies. She would talk about it at dinner that she'd bring up stuff she'd learned. And there was a lot of that conversation. And I'm so thankful looking back on that because it helped me to grow. I didn't always like it. <laughs> didn't always want to. Probably didn't make her feel good at the time because I was rolling my eyes or annoyed. Were you an RA? I was not. They didn't have the, I was an Awanas. Oh, that's right. So it was that's the next right. later yeah. version of that. I was platinum in Awanas. Ooh. You got your crown with your jewels, Scott, mm. on your vest. So every week you recited Bible <laughs> verses and did so. I was cool. I was I was Mr. Awanas. <laughs> it's a red little vest. I used oh. it as an illustration one time when I yeah. spoke. Probably been, gosh, four or five years ago. I came across my old RA, which, by the way, for those that don't know, RAs is, was known as the Royal Ambassadors. Uh, that was in Baptist Church thing. I don't know. Was it outside of the Baptist Church? Uh, I think it was created by the Baptist like denomination, and then they did them in churches. It was like yeah. an extra thing on Wednesday. Yeah, night it was. It was like it was like Christian Boy Scouts exactly. is basically what it was. They yeah. modeled it after. Yeah, that. I had. I, I we did uh, soapbox race derbies and and little car derbies, and that's I, pretty much the straight stealing from the Boy Scouts. Yeah, <laughs> I cheated. Oh, yeah. You need to confess that right now. Who yeah. was your leader? Do you remember? I have no idea. Oh, okay. So we yeah. tell I, them. I do remember. <laughs> I do remember a lot of uh, hell and fire and brimstone type preaching at those camps at Camp Harrison. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Never went there. Yeah, yeah. Not a fun camp, <laughs> uh, but a camp nonetheless. It was camp. I remember sword <laughs> drills. Did y'all have sword drills? Wait, was that? No, I do remember the Bible. I remember we used to have to balance a Bible on our heads and recite Bible verses. Yeah, my mom was a GA leader, oh. which was the... What was GAs? RAs was Royal Ambassadors. GAs was Girl Ambassadors? I'll look it up when you start talking again. Yeah. I don't know. But sword drills was like you had to race somebody head to head to find the Bible verse. Yeah, yeah, we did that. Yeah, but there was your sword because the Bible was the sword of the Spirit. Yeah. No, we had to balance the Bible on our heads. And we had to, we had to do like the, we had to do all the books of the Bible, recite them in order from memory. And we would just literally, I can just remember standing there for like an hour with the Bible on our head. An hour? Yeah, an hour. It was it was crazy. It was weird times back then. This was this was late eighties, early nineties. Things were different. 
I just uh, don't know why you're bouncing the Bible in your yeah. hand. Right now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it was a thing, and if you dropped it, there was a there was you know there was consequences to it, and you had to. But yeah, we had the same try. I can't mm-hmm. remember what they're called, but they were definitely Bible drills where you had to find the verse. And uh, by the way, I don't remember any of it to this day. <laughs> at thirty-seven years old, I cannot tell you every book of the Bible. I mean, I could probably get close, but I right. still, yeah, I don't know. And there was a lot of emphasis on that, and I think there was some good. And I do have a biblical knowledge I remember and stuff that was a foundational to me, but I also think that it swung so far that way that it caused me personally, I can't say this for everybody, but I think people I know that got super into churchy stuff to be more judgmental, right? It was more pharisaical. It was more of, I'm better, I'm elite, I know these things and look down on my friends and people in the community. Well, well, for me, it caused me to swing the opposite direction. You rebelled against it. Yeah, yeah, because it was, because then once I I got older, I was like, this is kind of nerdy. And I embraced it fully. Yeah, and I wanted yeah. to be. I was like, I wanted to be a cool guy. Right. I have the answer for GAs, Scott. RAs yes. are royal ambassadors. GAs are girls in action. So there should be an I in there. But yeah, I think I just that left doesn't it make to any match sense. the RAs. Yeah, it should be royal ambassadors and gal <laughs> ambassadors. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I will say too, just looking back on my own childhood now and seeing what it's like being a parent, you never really understand, right? Everybody says that, and it's cliche, and you think, like, as a youth pastor, I'd see families come in and have stuff, and be like, I probably wouldn't do stuff that way, or, man, that family's really great and do that, but it's the day in and day out difficulty that I just want to say to any parents that are listening, maybe it's grandparents you've forgotten, go hug your kids (laughs) that are recent kids, because it's hard. It's exhausting. It's difficult. And especially in the world we live in now with technology and things that are changing, nor is just now getting to the point where she'll use the iPad on her own. So we have to say, okay, what are the boundaries on the iPad? What have we put on there to make sure it's safe, that she doesn't accidentally, we don't think she's intentionally looking for anything she shouldn't. But I remember last year, she ended up on YouTube, and I'd put safety filters on. It was the kids' safe YouTube, but it was something with zombies, and there was, like, blood on this animated zombie, and Mallory walked in and freaked out that she was watching something. And I don't think she really understood what was going on, but it was just one of those moments of, oh, yeah, there's stuff on the Internet she probably shouldn't see. And the balance of protecting and sheltering, right, because we grew up, in an environment and in church with people we know that went way hardcore the other way to make a bubble and protect them from the world. And on the other hand, swinging to, okay, you don't want to expose them to stuff that will affect them negatively, but at the same time, how do you be in the world and not of it? How do you have the conversation and find that balance and not just completely yank out and burn all your CDs and (laughs) turn against culture? And obviously in Simple Church, we want to be in culture. We use culture. And I really think that's what Jesus did too, but it's more complicated. It's more oh, difficult because yeah. it's a case by case basis. You got to watch stuff ahead of time. You got to spend the time to really sit down and talk about it instead of just banning everything and everything's bad, right? Yeah, I think, and I think that's the, that's the key in finding the balance because I think, you know, because like I take my own life for example, you know, I grew up in a very in I grew up where you know we burned CDs and stuff. Not my parents, but explain the, that because some people maybe didn't yeah. grow up Baptist and listen. Yeah, so so the Baptist church that I attended which will remain nameless, Summer Grove Baptist Church, uh, um, which it's changed now. I mean, of course, well, I say it's changed now. I don't know anything about it now. But back in the day, it was super right-wing, heavy conservative. So to the point that, like, if you had a, like, we literally had CD burning parties, which for those that don't know, there used to be things called CDs that your music was on. 
Uh, it there's was some people never had. Yeah, them. and there's some people now that only listen to CDs still yeah. to this day. Vintage. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and like if you had, we we were literally encouraged as teenagers to bring the CDs of like Secular bands, music. yeah, of bands that were not approved, which. Some of these bands, I guess I could kind of understand, but some of the bands, like Britney Spears, you know, and well, Britney Spears came later, but still, though, something like that. Right. And you would burn these CDs and anything that had to do with the world, which now I look back on that and go, that's that's pretty silly. Because, <laughs> I mean, really, it didn't do anything because we burned the CDs and literally the next day would go back and buy the CDs we burned. And maybe not everybody did, yeah. but the message was... You have to be so separate from yes. everyone else and be out of the culture, out of the world that you can't even relate and understand. And if you listen to anything that's not Christian, it's going to be bad and negatively affect yeah, you. Yeah, and there was there was this whole culture of fear. Yeah. I remember. And, and once again, this was not my parents. My parents didn't use fear. And in fact, they tried to shelter me from it whenever they experienced it firsthand. When they, Because there was a weird time in our church. We used to meet in the old sanctuary that doesn't even exist anymore, in the dark, with one spotlight on the youth pastor, and we would pass a mic and confess our sins. Hmm. And I was a good kid, so I would make stuff up just to fit in. <laughs> stuff that wasn't even true. Right. And when my mom saw this one time, because she, she came early to pick me up, so we had a whole discussion in the car, and I, she stopped bringing me because... Even as, as hardcore right-wing as my mom is and was, she was going, eh, I don't know about that. Yeah, and it's complicated yeah. because on the one hand, I do think it's important to have confession. And as a youth pastor that took kids to camp, there are some times that they share something and it is cathartic and they need to get it out. But it's the environment they create and the pressure. Yeah, and, the, and, and, and I think, at least in my experience as being a youth leader, I think it's much better, in my opinion, and once again, I'm not a professional. I'm not a professional minister. <laughs> I'm not a professional youth minister. But, uh, like, when the student comes to you because right. they feel led, like, in other situations that I've been in, it's this, it, you're right, it's this pressure of, and then, you know, the kid feels like, i got to come up with something, or or I'm going to rat on my friend, or, I say rat, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going right. to come up with something or, or just, you know, because I feel like I have to, where it's, it's, it's that fear. Yeah, where it's much better to go, you know, I just feel burned about this. And plus, too, in my experience, I think it goes better when it's private. Right. Yeah. When, yeah, because cause there's this whole other element when it's all public and everything. Peer pressure, right? Yeah. That you use peer pressure to try to get kids to get up and say something because it makes yeah. you as the youth pastor feel good that people are saying stuff versus yeah. the long-term goal of trying to help them to like a churchy for a minute, I really do believe the Holy Spirit convicts that it moves you to try to go and tell somebody the truth, but you got to have a relationship first. Right. It's not just up and screaming at somebody that comes in as a guest speaker, and then you go and tell them one time, and then you go back to exactly what you were doing. Like you said with the CDs, it's really not life change, it's behavior modification. Yeah, and and then too, as a youth leader, when you do get to that point and that the, the youth tells you something, like for instance, I had an experience at camp, two years ago and I didn't even know what to do with it. <laughs> but I mean we were it's some heavy it. stuff. Yeah. No. I'm yeah, kidding. yeah. And then that's the other thing too. Some of these kids are going through stuff that like I remember as a kid, I don't know if it's just because of the group that I was around, but I was fairly sheltered. And now like I had a kid tell me some stuff at camp when I was a leader two years ago and I'm just, just like 
I had to go find somebody. I think I called Justin because I was like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) And the the sad thing is, is I feel like, and this is probably not fair of every church growing up, but I feel like the culture when we were there 20 years ago was it's churchy kids and families that are inside kids that are in church that are dealing with their stuff. With Simple Church and what I'm so thankful for and what has really changed my heart over 10 years of doing it was we're reaching kids that their families aren't churched, they haven't grown up in church, there are complicated things going on. And this is the most dramatic example, right? This is what stands out in my mind. But I remember as a middle school pastor taking middle school kids to camp, the, probably the big third night of camp that's like come to Jesus night where they go and have an invitation. A 13-year-old comes and tells me that his mom died of a drug overdose, his dad was a single dad not doing well, and the 13-year-old was drinking with his older siblings every night, alcohol at 13, to try to numb the pain of dealing with his mom dying from the year before. Oh, my gosh. It's heavy. And it's not like that doesn't happen. It wasn't not happening when we were kids. They just weren't in church. <laughs> they well, didn't even know where to go. And if and and if they were in church, you didn't talk about it. Right. No, no, no. Like, like growing up for me... You you put on your Sunday best. Right. You put on your Wednesday best. You didn't talk about the problems that were going on in the home. You didn't have problems at church. Right. Church is where we come because that's where God lives. And then now that I've grown up and 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 it's different, you know, now I can go back. And that's where I think once again we're better is because with us it's like, no, 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 God's going no you you come to me broken. I don't need to worry about the the perfect. Right. Because I'm the only perfect one that exists anyway. So yeah. I, they're already taken care of. I'm worried about you, the broken one. So you definitely need to come to me. Absolutely. Pornography, that's another big one. Yep. I, I'm, I don't know if every parent agrees with this, and I don't know who's listening, and your grandparent, this might shock you, but statistically the research that I've seen is that most people are exposed to pornography between 5th and 6th grade. And we would talk about it in middle school, something we talk about sex and purity and going through and every year make sure to talk about that. So the church does talk about it and address it. But by that point, most of them have probably already been exposed to something pornographic on the Internet, typically by accident. But once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? Right. And so if I'm thinking of my own family and what I'd recommend any parent is you probably need to talk about it starting in fourth grade. And that seems so young and so early. But we give them phones. We give them iPads. They're connected to the Internet. They have time alone. That's all this stuff. And generally, most of them are not seeking it out, but it's accidental. It's one click. It's one Instagram feed that pops up that you start going down a rabbit trail, and it affects you, and it's something that's so hidden and shameful, and it's something that they can't talk about. And over the years, there's been a lot of conversations about that and try to help and give them tips and advice to do that because you don't want to talk about your parents. It's weird. Yeah. But as parents, you have those conversations preemptively. And then the other thing is there's a loving adult in your life, a student ministry leader. We do life groups, small groups for middle school and high school kids because when something happens, they have another person in life. And that's what I just want to say to yeah. you. You're somebody in our kid's life. You come over and hang out and we'll do stuff and be around them. I think about Mary Allred or Caleb when they come, Ryan Baker. All these people are other people that aren't parents necessarily in our lives. That They're not definitely not parents, but they're in our lives. And we try to intentionally have them be around our kids spend time with our kids, do stuff, and be together. So that way, as our kids grow up, there's a community of other adults that love God, that are trying to follow Jesus. Nobody's perfect, but I'm so thankful for that, and that's intentional on our part to try to have those people. So when Nora is older and doesn't want to talk to mom and dad, 
she knows that she can go to Mary. She can go to Ryan. She can go to these people. And then when she's in student ministry, when goes through have a life group, that is why that's so important and valuable. So if you're a parent of older kids, it's teenagers, and you're like, well, I don't know if I've even talked to my kids about anything. <laughs> it's been too late. I would say that it is a huge value that you would start getting them to try it. And I look back at my own life. I did not want to go to middle school. It was promotion Sunday going into sixth grade. I was nervous. I was a shy kid. I cried and threw myself on the floor, and my parents took me home because I didn't want to go in for the promotion party with the inflatable sides and pizza because I didn't know people. I didn't know I was going to go in there. Now, there's 100 kids in there. It was all older than me, and I didn't want to do it. And so my mom, God bless her, brought us back and forced me to go, and it took two years before I really clicked and found somebody and got connected and involved. Who was your first friend? Oh, I had friends. I had people there. Barry Harper was probably my best middle oh, school okay. friend. But I'm saying two years before, I really liked going to church. Oh, I'm sorry. So for two years, every Sunday, she was forced me to go. I'd grumble. I'd complain. We had to wear pants. That really made me angry. Uh, Bill McConaughey had the zip-off pants we talked about. I had some of those. So as soon as I walked in the parking lot, I was allowed to unzip the pants and make them shorts. But you had to wear your Sunday best and dress up and do it. I didn't like any of that. And it was really going to camp in seventh grade. I had two friends that ended up going with me, and I made a decision to recommit my life to God. I accepted Christ when I was in fourth grade, but I didn't really understand, you know. I mean, when you're younger, sometimes they do. But it was something that was really clicked with me, and all of a sudden I started liking going and being there. But that was a lot of fighting. That was a lot of headache for my parents. And I get why parents would just say, I will forget it. If they don't want to go, I'm not going to go. But I really do think that Simple Church, when we have stuff that you can meet and be in person with kids, they do a great job. And now with this— it's having those conversations and being able to help your kids to learn, okay, it can be fun, or why does this matter? Are we going to learn Bible verses because it can help me in my day when I'm anxious, right? Anxiety's on the rise. That if you know Scripture, you know what God says, you can go through and help to walk through that. And that's the kind of stuff on the Parenting Podcast to tie that back into it. We want to try to provide those things and encourage you as parents and maybe give you some ideas that you hadn't thought of. And plus, too, I think you going back to a good point that you made, you know, I remember, you know, golly, getting up, you got to get up early on a Sunday morning, get dressed, and you know, we lived way out in the country, so it was a 30-minute drive just to get to church and blah, blah, blah. You don't have to do any of that. Right. Mallory. You literally can do it on their time. When they have downtime, when demand. you have downtime, it doesn't have to be forced. And I know of some parents now, their kids are asking, you know, once, not in the beginning, but once they started coming up with a certain time, they started doing it, now the kids are going, when are we doing the FX box? When are right. we watching the YouTube? That's right. Let's talk about the YouTube real quick. The Simple Kids TV has a YouTube channel. Yes, which if you want to see me Go on the screen, you might recognize me. From the screen <laughs> on there. But they do a great job. They put music and songs. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Yeah. So Mallory posted a video this week on her Instagram that I'm at church on Sundays. Mallory is a Sunday morning widow. She definitely does not enjoy getting the kids ready and up by herself, and it's a fight. So this has been great. But she would let Nora watch the thing, and she's giggling watching in her room as Mallory's doing something else and watching the thing and getting a biblical lesson. It's safe. You know it's good content. And it's really, I mean, it's funny. Y'all do a great job. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I do a great job. I can't speak for anybody. I'm kidding. That's a joke. Sorry, Emily and Christy and Terry and Terry and everybody else. Michael Fox. Everybody else on there. Maybe we can get them job. to download and subscribe just to be mad at you because you said that. Yeah, I'm going to tell them, like, Scott, go. talk yeah. bad about you on the podcast. Exactly. Get those numbers yes. up. <laughs> do it. Subscribe. Oh, man. Yeah. So, Scott, I want to go back to you Ooh. for a second. So mm. when you look back in your life, can you think of one thing that your parents did really well? Because this is the question we've been asking on the parenting podcast. We try to ask every guest, what is something that you would take forward if you do have kids one day from your parents? 
Absolutely nothing. Oh, well, there no, you I'm go. Kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Oh, I'm sorry, Don and Paula. No, there's now actually there's just so much. I I give my parents a lot of uh, extra credit because once again I'm adopted. So it's one. Some people thing, might not know that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's one thing to raise a kid that at least is a part of you because you can see yourself in a child. It's another thing to have a kid that's n- nothing like anything you've ever seen. Mm. And like I take me in my own life, I am different than pretty much everyone in my family. My family is a great family, but they're reserved, they're quiet, they love, they hate the spotlight, they would much rather be behind the scenes. They, you know, my dad's favorite thing to do is sit and quiet and read a book. That is the exact opposite <laughs> of everything about me. So I give them a lot of credit of them having to figure out even more because I was something they've never dealt with before. So there's nothing like them, like me in my family at all. So having to overcome that. So, but I think the main thing, uh, I think I'll take away from my dad in particular, and then I'll go to my mom, but my dad is his humor. Mm. Uh, he was always, he, even to this day, he's always funny. And uh, and a bit sarcastic, but he's he's probably one of the funniest people I know, and he's great at that. He's always, and he's always calm. He's a Balin Barry. He's the type of guy. Shout that, out to Balin. Yeah, he's the type of guy that could be like, "Well, guys, I cut off my arm. I'm gonna have to go to the hospital." <laughs> even kill. Yeah, just an even kill. Uh, you know, and I am so not that. So that's one of the things I would hope I would take to parenting because. Mm. I am not an even kill. I am zero to a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I've known you a long time. I would say yeah. that rings true. Yeah, yeah. I'm either not at all or a hundred percent. There is, and and that's a problem with me. And I have to get more balanced. And I'm trying to work on being more balanced. But yeah, definitely. You know, my dad's the even kill, and my mom. Golly, there's just so much. But my mom is. We call her the Great Intimidator. Uh, because she is very intimidating, but she's also extremely loving, and I will say that she uh, and really both my parents have been very good at showing love to me in particular, making sure that I know that I loved, and I think that's partially coming from my grandparents. My grandparents have always made an effort to make me feel loved and to make them feel loved, and so it's it's kind of cool to see how that's passed through the generations because. My dad especially always tells me that I'm loved. And my mom, you know, they always make a point to make sure they know that I'm loved, whether it be physical touch or, or with words of affirmation or whatever it is. So those are the two main things. Oh, that, that's great. Yeah, and I've never, you know, and, and I guess the other thing is, is uh, you know, I, I haven't made the best decisions in my life, but they've never held that against me. Um, minus the tattoo. Yeah, minus the tattoo, <laughs> which even now they finally let that go. Please tell that story because <laughs> the <laughs> makes me laugh. Uh, I got a tattoo, and you're uh, how old? It's not like I you were was a twenty. <laughs> I was living on my own. I was twenty six, right, an adult, living on my own. I had a full time job, and my mom didn't speak to me for three months when she found out. I was actually my grandparents were visiting. Uh, I had just gotten the outline done. And uh, I was trying to hide it and uh, obviously not doing a great job because I literally came straight from the tattoo parlor to my parents' house. Uh, I think some blood started running down my arm because it's, it's wrapped up. Right. 
And uh, when my mom lifted it up, she saw the outline and went to her bedroom and did not come out for the rest of the night and did not speak to me for three months. <laughs> but now we're fine. That That's was good. a long time ago. That's right. So even adult children can still yeah. tell you something. Yeah, and which, which was really great. My dad, <laughs> that just reminds me because... My dad always says, uh, I brought you into this world so I can take you out. And I said, you, d- you didn't bring me into this world because I'm adopted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you can laugh about that. Yeah, and then he would laugh and say, I can still take you out. <laughs> Got permission. Yeah. So. Oh, man. But if you yeah. like that kind of stuff, that's what we're talking about on the Parenting Podcast because all of us come from different places and different perspectives. And what's interesting for me is over the years, you just assume everybody's like you. You assume everybody's your normal, right? But there is no normal. And with Simple Church, I'm so thankful again that working through with families and seeing different stuff over the years, there's a lot of different things that can go wrong. There's things that can be stressful. There's unideal situations for parents, step-parents, exes. There's a lot of complicated mess out there. But what I'm so thankful for is that Simple Church is a place that you can come and we want to help you to take a step and be better. You don't have to have it all together when you walk in the door. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to fake it like you were talking about growing up, that pressure to smile and everybody's good and everything's fine. But it's a place that you can be real. And we'd say in student ministry that it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. And that's what this podcast is all about. 30 minutes. We spend a lot of time doing a lot of stupid stuff, right? The average Netflix user watches for an hour and a half. <laughs> they watch three episodes of something when they watch. The I average watch person spends eight hours on their phone, on their screens. We spend a lot of time doing a lot of stuff. So it's like, I don't really have time to do parenting. I don't really know how to do this. I'm not going to sit down and read a book. You can do this on the road. You can do this while you're exercising. You can do this while you're mowing your grass. Listen and try to get a little bit of parenting advice. Talk to different people. Hear something different. And I'm just really glad I get to have those conversations because selfishly, I'm learning from the people I'm talking to. I'm doing it for me too. I'm right in the middle of this and trying to figure it out as a parent. And think about this year of being impatient or frustrated or stressed or snapping and getting shorter and trying to work on myself. And one of the best gifts you can give your kids is a healthy you and is a healthy marriage. If you are married, if you're a single parent, it's difficult. It's hard. And maybe this just encourages you to hear somebody else going through that to talk about ways to get better. And again, just give you an idea of maybe like, oh, I never thought about that. Or, oh, maybe I did look back in my parents and see things they did well. And maybe if your relationship isn't good with your parents, it helps you to maybe empathize and understand a little bit more of, like you were saying, your parents did a lot of good stuff. They did a lot of things right. Yeah, which if I can add two things. You can add whatever you want. It's your podcast. Uh, Number one, the other great thing that my parents did very, very well, which just dawned on me, which I don't know why I didn't think about this before, but because I am adopted, they have always told me that I am adopted, but they have never made me feel that I am not part of a family. Mm. So even though I've known that I'm adopted since I, I, there's never a point in my life where I go, and then my parents said, hey, you're adopted. But they have never made me feel like I am not theirs. The big deal. Yeah, and so then the the second thing I have is a, just a shout out to all the parents who do adopt uh, or who are who are raising adopted kids, man, good on y'all, the fantastic. But the only advice that I personally have is just remember to let that kid have their own personality because they aren't you. Mm. They are from something different. So to celebrate their differences, not to try to conform them to what you think they should be. Because remember, they're not you. But even, I mean, biological kids are not you either. Yeah, that's, and that's true, and that's true. Yeah, feel. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's yeah. a great piece of advice because I know for me, like, I'm. <laughs> it's not really a secret. It's subconscious. It's, I tell Mallory, but, like, I let Nora stay up late to watch baseball with me. 
So she gets when baseball's on 15 minutes extra because I want her to like baseball. <laughs> I want to have her to do that. She might not. And the difference is I'm not pressuring her. I don't feel like I'm forcing her to, but I want her to like the things I like. I think that's very natural. Right now she just right. signed up for dance class. And so she's been starting to do dance class. That's not what I would have picked. I don't know if I would ever say that, but I'm glad she's doing it and she likes it and enjoys it. And that's where it's difficult, I think, too, for any parent of you let your own kids, and it gets harder the older they get, be themselves, but at the same time, you try to take an interest in what they like. That's the yeah. selfless part. That It's not just that you let them go do it, but you watch the dance recitals. You listen when they talk about the difficulties of what it is. And it's not just, well, they didn't do what I want them to do, so I don't care. Yeah, and that that was one thing that my parents definitely were very good at is they celebrated and went with me with stuff that I know they didn't want to do. Like, I Civil War reenacted. They didn't want to do that. That's a whole other podcast. Can we do a spinoff podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah we can. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, they had to drive me all over the country. And, I mean, sure, it was kind of cool because they got to see some neat places, but they didn't really want to do that. I bet if that. you went back and asked them, yeah, they're like, I think I can something, do something else this yeah. weekend with that money yeah. and time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they, 13-year-old yeah. Scott Civil War reenact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. That oh, was... man. I know every word to the Frozen soundtrack. I would have never yeah. listened to Frozen, but my kids like it. And we're going to have dance parties and go in the car because it's what they want to do. Exactly. And some of it's pretty funny. There you go. That's right. All right. On that note. On that note. <laughs> Thanks for joining Man, us. Man, thanks. So if you want to listen, it's called Parent Stuff. It's everywhere yes. you can find podcasts. You would put a link in the show notes, Scott? Sure. Wonderful. So they can subscribe. What are click... show notes? I'm oh. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you can go and download the Parent Stuff podcast. I believe there's seven or eight episodes up right now. We've recorded another two to go up the yeah. next couple of weeks. And we definitely, I mean, you could knock them all out in a day if you wanted to and just hear some different stuff and be there. So Parent Stuff podcast. Go yep. check it out. Yeah. Please do. It's on Apple. It's the Spotify. It's it's everywhere. What do you listen to podcasts on? I don't listen to podcasts. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. I actually use one <laughs> called Pocket Casts. Pocket Casts. Now I did. I, like. I did listen to podcasts a lot when I had a different job. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I had a do nothing job at a company that won't be named, where literally I was in charge of an app nobody used. Uh, for two and a half years, got paid to sit at a desk <laughs> I and do nothing. I pictured office space. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But uh, um, yeah, I had a lot of time on my hands. I had eight hours to fill, so I listened to a lot of podcast podcast podcast. Don't you know? Yeah, on uh, on Apple. There you go. Yeah, that's Apple the most used app. one in the yeah. world. But Pocket Cast, if you want a different way to listen, I like it. There you All go. Right. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, Evan. You have a great rest of your day. You too. I'll try. <laughs>